about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why because we're, we're so doing smart. Most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. It makes perfect sense that stuff that's in there tends to stay in there. But we also didn't evolve in an environment in which so many people were trying so hard to get knowledge in our heads. Exactly. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, accepting and dismissing information. Jonathan Swift offers us many pithy aphorisms. Falsehood flies and truth comes limping after it, so that when men come to be undeceived, it is too late. The jest is over and the tale hath had its effect. Like a man who hath thought of a good repartee when the discourse is changed or the company parted, or like a physician who hath found out an infallible medicine after the patient is dead. Why is it the case that what we tend to hear first, especially when it sort of resonates with something that we would like to be true, now becomes an indelible part of our thinking, seemingly, that any contravening evidence or explanation seems to have little effect? Fascinating thing about the way we learn new things is that we are much more credulous about things that fit with our prior beliefs. And this is true for everybody. If I hear something that fits with what I already believe, I'm much more prone to accept it without critical thought. Whereas as soon as I hear something that contradicts my beliefs, I begin to find all the reasons why it might be wrong. If I take a belief in without really questioning it, then I have not entered into my memory record any reasons why I shouldn't believe this yep. thing. Whereas if I question something from the beginning, now you have associated that new belief, that new fact, with all sorts of other reasons why you think it might not be true, so that every time you call that new belief to mind, you also call to mind, at least weekly, all of these reasons why it might not be true. Yeah. It maintains a certain skepticism about that belief so that if you then hear more of those kinds of criticisms, there's a bit of a lever there that you can use to dislodge that belief from memory. Memories are not isolated pieces of data. All of the things that we know or think we know or have become a part of our own memories are connected to lots of other things, including this idea about when that came in, what became associated with it. And what becomes associated with it can be a function of what's already in our head or other things surrounding that piece of information itself, like who's saying it and where did it come from and where did I see it? But we are not particularly scrutinizing of information that we're presented with. And so I think the interesting thing to consider in this is how asymmetrical it is that when we think about how easy it is to get something in, particularly something that's compatible with stuff that's already in there, but then how challenging it is to confront that because of the incentive that we feel to maintain maintain whatever our current position yeah. is. I learned something about a situation or a person, and then that thing influences my interpretation of everything I exactly. encounter that relates yeah. to that later. But I don't necessarily say, oh, the reason I believe these other things about this event or this person is because of this initial belief that influenced my interpretation later. Yeah. 
And so now you come to believe, well, I have lots of independent reasons to believe that this person is shady or that this event had this impact. When in fact, the entire web of beliefs that you created around that are all attached in one way or another to this misleading piece yeah. of information. And so one of the things that this says up front is that we should actually try to generate a habit when learning some new thing to try to at least generate one reason why we think this might not be yeah. as true as it seems on its face. Because then what we're doing is at least creating our own little switch that we can use to help to minimize the influence of that piece of information later if in fact it turns out to be false. But otherwise, you know, in the absence of that, it stays there. Your ability to retrieve things from memory happens automatically. And this is really an amazing thing. Even if you don't expect to hear something, as soon as you are exposed to a particular piece of information, it calls related bits of information to mind no matter what you try to do. For the next couple of seconds, think about anything. Let your mind wander to anything you want, but please don't think about white elephants. There's a whole bunch of people now driving around going, white elephant, uh, stop, no. And you can't stop because stuff just comes out automatically. We tend to default to the belief that anything that we think of is true unless we explicitly know that it's false. And so what happens is you have to actually mark a fact as not true. And if you don't, then every time you recall it, you walk around assuming it is true. And of course, the reason for that is because a lot of the stuff that you encounter in the world, you encounter as a byproduct of all the other stuff you're doing. You don't want to have to then mark that as also that's true, because then you'd be spending a lot of time not paying attention to whatever you're doing at the moment going, oh, and remember that that other thing that just happened to me, that's true. Yeah. So we basically just assume anything that makes its way into memory is true unless I explicitly hear, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Because memories are so highly interconnected with other memories, you can't just change one node right. in the yeah. web. There's a sort of an effect of creeping to all these other yeah. places that now I have to rejigger in my thinking. Yeah. It's a lot more work to change your thinking about something than not. Just in general, walking around the world, if you have a belief system that isn't really confronted by any disconfirmation of things that you already think, it's a good day. But suddenly, when now you're confronted with things that fly in the face of something that you either think is true or believe, now there's work involved. There's more thinking involved. And all of our memories are attached to an emotion. I mean, we're fond of even memories that seem to have nothing to do with anything emotional. And yet, because they're ours, we have a little love for them, you know, Aww. even, yeah, exactly, even though they may be not true at all. Yeah. Next time, we'll talk about the dark triad with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. 